Welcome to Four Finger Discount. This week we are here to review Kinda, You Only Move Twice. I'm Dando. I was Mitch <laughs> when we reviewed this about two years ago. That was a long time ago. I think, I see, I haven't gone back and listened to it, but I think this was when we were just saying, hey, give us a dollar on PayPal and we'll yeah. send you a review. Yeah, it was. Chuck us a buck and we'll give you some sweet, sweet review in return. It was a shambles. Uh, <laughs> well, the system was a shambles, yeah. but I'm pretty sure the review was good. I hope so. This was one of the first ones that I actually truly felt proud of. Okay. Because this was one of the ones where I was like, nah, this needs effort. Yes. And a lot of effort. It's this needs one. me to watch the episode. I remember Kidding, being, I always watch the episode, but I watched it two or three times for this one and, and did a lot more research. I remember you having a lot of facts, I think, about Hank Scorpio and uh, yeah. Albert Books' betrayal. Which I very rarely do. <laughs> you bring some facts to the table sometimes. Not often. I mostly bring observations. Uh, but, but because the, of the fact that, as you said, this was done a while ago, so there's some out-of-date references to the way the show works, yeah. so we apologize. If you want to support the show, please do so on Patreon www.patreon.com forward slash four discount. You'll also get access to the exclusive Patreon group on Facebook. Movie Guys podcast and everything else that comes with it. Yep. Uh, and outside of that, there'll be no mailbag because we didn't do a mailbag when we recorded no. this one. But please get in any questions that you might have about the show, about The Simpsons, about us uh, to Dando. Because I always forget the email address. Mailbag at fourfingerdiscount.com.au Thank you very much for You always that. forget the .au. That's the only problem. Yeah, I can never remember if it is or it isn't. I wonder how many people are sent in questions going, why they never replied to me? Yeah, I'm sure. Which told me it was .com. It would have bounced back. It would have, yeah. Yeah. So, in work, when I every day and then I'm out of the office, I have to put on the out-of-office auto-reply. I hear. So, I have one for people inside the organization, one for people outside of the Am organization. Am I outside or in? No, you're outside. So, yeah, anyone yeah. that works within AWA. Yeah. So, the one... Uh, so, n- the... All it is is the one for people outside has an additional line saying, for all, any important inquiries, please contact x at dadada.com. Mm. So, what I did though was I typed the date in one of them and then I copied that and pasted it over to the other one. Except I didn't copy it, I cut it and I didn't realize that. So, what it meant was anyone that sent me an email on that particular day simply got an out of office auto reply saying, thanks for your email. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> How many people? Uh, oh, geez, probably 10, 15 or so. I'm glad you just got. Like, what I love is it's polite, but it just leaves him in limbo. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, oh, I'm, when's he? Is I'm, he there? When's he coming back? I'm glad you're happy about yeah. it. <laughs> uh, anyway, so. Um, you only move twice. You only move quick, twice. Quick run through. It's a fantastic episode. You think it's the best of all time. It's definitely the funniest of all time, in my opinion. I don't know whether it's my favorite. It's definitely not my favorite, but it's your favorite, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and I think that comes through in this review because Mitch was very, very excited for this, as we said. Yeah. I, I mean, it's just Albert Brooks is delightful. I think it's just us in love with Albert Brooks for... Mostly. Anyone. And with for good reason. reason. Yeah, like, yeah, the yeah. guy's an absolute legend and this showcases him so well. It's not just Albert Brooks, though. Everyone just remembers no. it for Hank Scorpio. No, there's like, a lot more to it than like that. Like you mentioned last week, that it does have the element of Homer having to give up this perfect life for himself, yeah. for his family and things like that. Yeah. The Northern retic- Reticulated Chipmunks, the everyone being slow in Canada, the Marge's drinking problem. There's a lot going on. There's a lot in this episode. Quick question. Yes. Was Homer referring to a previous time of seeing someone throw a shoe no. or Homer? Or Hank just doing it then? Oh, sorry. Um, no, yes. He's re- he wasn't referring to Hank just throwing it then. Wasn't he? No. I'm pretty sure Bill Oakley said something to the... No, contrary. I think Bill Oakley said that he's referring to a previous time. I think we time. had this exact discussion on the podcast. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Hope you enjoy it, guys. Thanks again for your support. As Mitch said, if you want to support the show, best way is patreon.com forward slash four finger discount. But for now, enjoy the review and we'll catch you all next week. I am here to welcome you on behalf of the president of the Globex Corporation. Me! Try the papayas. They're juicy and full of papain. Makes you strong like Popeye.
Popeye, Popeye in, Popeye, Popeye in. See, same thing, same thing. Ah, forget it. How are you? I'm Hank Scorpio. Four-finger discount, dude. Welcome to this very special premium edition of Four Finger Discount. I am Dando. I am Mitch. Hello out there. Not just hello, thank you all out there. Thank you very, very much. Because the only way you listen to this is if you paid us a sweet dollar. This is the first episode that's lining our pockets with change. Yes, and today we are going to be doing a review on one of... No, not one of... The best one-time only character appearance in the history of The Simpsons. That is, of course, Mr. Hank Scorpio, which means I'm very, very excited to say today we are reviewing You Only Move Twice. It's not even just one time, just best character. He almost surpasses Homer and Bart for me. He's that goddamn good. I'm going to be honest, as a kid, didn't quite appreciate Hank Scorpio as much as I should have. As a young kid, probably not. As a teenager, you would have started to get into it a bit. But now I watch it and it is just... Taking notes, right? You write down every line that he says? I I got to the point where I just put like one word for every line that he says so I can remember what he's saying because everything he says is hilarious. And how much would have hit the cutting room floor? I read that Brooks recorded two hours of dialogue of this. Similar to when he did Jacques. Like just how badly do you want to hear those outtakes? They would be so good. They would have to exist somewhere. Surely they wouldn't have deleted it. Yeah. And he must have been one of the only actors that they ever gave this much free reign to because... Castellanata, who's not a bad improviser in his own right, was trying to keep up with him. So Brooks would go off on a tangent and then, you know, Dan would inevitably end up laughing or something like that. But he'd in his head go, all right, I can say these lines to what he says there. They go take two and then he would just come up with an entirely new set of dialogue again and leave him behind. I mean, the, the, the lines that got left in were absolutely incredible. So like you think surely the stuff that got left out couldn't have been much worse. No, the way Brooks is that good of a performer, that yeah. there would be... Maybe a few things would have. I reckon, you, like you'd have a ninety percent hit rate of even of the bad, even not of the bad stuff, but even the stuff they had to drop. I would love to read the original script for this episode. Like, do you think they just put? I'd heard uh, that they get, didn't get, script all yeah, that much for him. Just get Albert to say something here. Pretty much, yeah. Just Albert be funny. For example, though, the hammock scene, right? Mm. That's a good minute of the episode. What they just trusted him with a whole minute of the episode. By that point, he earned it. And yeah, I guess so. But that scene. I, it wasn't until I watched it again today that I realised just how amazing it is. And it's so quick. Yeah. It's hard dialogue to quote because it's really hard. To, like, you've got to listen to it six or seven times to figure out what it is that he's saying. And to then think that he's improvising that in yes. character is phenomenal at that speed. Well, Dan would have had to have been acting that scene with him. Mm. How could you keep a straight face? It'd be near impossible. I, I think, though, Homer responds to him. So, because what did he say? Oh, yes, the Hammond District. Yeah. So, <laughs> it just would have been so much fun to have been to have worked with Albert Brooks. Oh, it, it, it would be, I'm sure, a lifelong dream for many, many comedic performers. Yeah, and apparently... Oh, keep going. No, 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 I was going to say, and dramatic. Like, he's got great dramatic chops as well. But obviously, The Simpsons is just about expressing the funny. Yeah. Well, apparently, though, when The Simpsons movie was coming out, for about a week in the pre-planning... He was going to return. He was mm. going to be the big bad guy. What a waste. It would have been brilliant to have him come back. And yeah, well, he did come back. No, I mean, I mean have, Hank Scorpio, have yeah. Scorpio come back. And you're right. Like He got... of One of the biggest probably crimes of that movie is that they really underused him as Russ Cargill. They yes. gave him no, rain, no free reign to just run around and play. But don't you think the Simpsons movie just would have been so much 
the fanboys, like the the old the ones that say, "Oh, it hasn't been good for years." Even if it wasn't brilliant as a movie, which it, you know was, it was good. But it, it like you would have gone, even if it was an absolute piece of shit, you'd have gone, "Yeah, but we got Hank Scorpio. We got more Hank Scorpio, exactly." Yeah, it just I it just seems to me like such a wasted opportunity. You had the dude in the studio. Why not just let him be Hank Scorpio? And it just makes sense. Yeah, just Every, let him be whoever he wants to be. Everyone wants to see the reunion of Hank and Homer. He's one of the only characters who was always nice to Homer. Just yeah. genuinely respected the man. Yeah. And it's just, I just wish that they brought him back for something. They still can. If you're listening out there, Al Jean, bring him back, please. Mm. Just once. Bizarrely, I mean, well, I guess part of it is because Homer actually does well in his area, but he's one of the few really smart men that doesn't pick up on the fact that Homer's not very smart. That's what I was going to say. I've got notes here. Does Hank know that Homer is not smart? He doesn't appear to. No. Because, well, you know, Homer's team is ahead on production, so whatever. I think he just sees him as a nice stand-up guy. And how would Smithers have fit into that environment had he first been, first been recruited? They said he was like the second most senior person at the plant. Mm. That doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't, but go with it. <laughs> Shut up, Dan. That was, was my first thought to myself. Gone, that's not true, but no. oh well. Yeah, yeah exactly. For the, for the episode, it worked anyway. If anything, that's probably just a gag about the power plant being unprofessional again. Like, you know... It's a nuclear power plant. In reality, they're run by very, very smart people. Yep. And the fact that they go from Smithers, there's this drop-off all the way down to Homer is sort of one of those little stabs at nuclear power. thing is, though, like, before we get into like the full review, Homer, I know you said he was good at what he did. What did he do? He told them to work faster. <laughs> Nothing. He just had a really good team. He told them to work faster. That's what he did. And then asked to get them hammocks and donuts. Yeah. I suppose that's a good boss. I, I'd be happy with him. Yeah. I, I did love the scene where... They say, sure thing, boss. And he says, call me Homer. Well, yeah. He's so proud of himself. Yeah. It's one of the first times I've remember seeing him proud, you know. Uh, but a few facts. During production, Cypress Creek was actually called Emerald Caverns. Okay. Cypress Creek's a better name. It is. Sounds a like a golf course. Yeah, it does. Yeah, like an estate. Yeah, like well, a, a, I guess it is country, an estate. Country yeah. club golf course. Yeah, yeah. Now, this was something we were discussing off air beforehand. The sub story with Grandpa. Mm. Right? Now, apparently well, there's... deleted scenes. I guess they cut it out for time. Um, there's apparently four or so scenes where Grandpa was receiving recorded greeting messages back in Springfield. Yeah, so it was part of the whole cutting back to watching how this is impacting on the other family members that they were originally going to cut back to Grandpa as well to show that his life wasn't great. And yeah, they did drop it for time. But by the same token, I don't... Like, given that he wasn't in the beginning of the episode, he didn't need to be introduced halfway through it. It would have felt a little bit jarring and not only that, the writers went out of their way to make you believe that they were actually leaving Springfield. So cutting back to Grandpa in Springfield would have ruined that illusion. But do you think they left him out of the first act because they initially planned to have him in the rest of the episode? And that's why he doesn't appear at all? Yeah, possibly. The only reason they cut it out was obviously due to time. But what we were going to say was, it says everywhere that these appear on the DVD. Now, you watched the DVD and you said you couldn't find them. I couldn't track them down. I, wa- I, I don't know if I... I don't know what I was doing, but I I've turned deleted scenes on and then rewatched through the episode again, and nothing came up. So if you're listening to this, please let us know what exactly happens and whether they are on the DVDs and how we can track them down and find them on the DVDs. So mailbag at fourfingerdiscount.com.au because I would love to watch them. I want to mm. go back now. Now that we're doing these reviews, I actually want to go get the DVDs out and watch all the deleted scenes because mm. when I was a kid, I was like, yeah, you don't care about deleted scenes. Often I don't because they're generally not very good. You, you said about more Star often Wars. than not, yeah, because I whinge about Star Wars not having enough deleted scenes. You're like, well, there's a reason they're deleted. Dickhead. More often than not, there are. Like you, you go back and watch them, and go, uh, yeah, I can see why that's not there. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly. very, very rare. Every now and then, you do have a scene that's just great, but that has to be removed for time. But 
more often than not, you watch them go, nah, the movie wouldn't have been better with them in it. Well, this would have had to have been one of the rare occasions, though, where they cut out a complete subplot. Yeah, but it was more just part of the rest of it. Like, it was adding to the subplot of everyone else's life being hurt. So, would it have been that Grandpa is still at the home and the family has pre-recorded messages as if they've never left? I I didn't know that it was pre-recorded messages. I don't... Receives recorded greeting messages, it says on the Wikipedia page. Right. So... So, it's like Interstellar. Maybe. Yeah, like, it's I, just I him sitting in front of a camera crying, <laughs> weeping desperately about his family that are getting older without him. Who knows? But as we said, mailbag at fourfingerdiscount.com.au if you have seen and we'd love to know where to mm. find them. Spoilers for Interstellar, uh, by the way. Yes, just, I tried yeah. to tune out there because I haven't seen it. If you're out there in space, don't go near the black hole. It's bad for you. <laughs> Another fact is that all of the children in Bart's remedial class were originally designed to have hair like Ralph Wiggum. Yeah, well, not even just originally. Most of them do. Well, they still do. Yeah, Warren does. Yeah, a lot of them have got Wealth Righam inspired hair. Another fact was the only Fox series to beat this in the ratings for the week was the X Files. Was the X Files? Yes, <laughs> which was in its prime. I'd say at this point in time, when did it start? About ninety three. I well, think it was, was around that time. It was nine, yeah. nine seasons. Mid nineties yeah. does feel like it was peak X Files time. So maybe it was just starting out the X Files. That's one show I've never watched properly. Oh, Nicola and I started to watch it because we had. I've got the box set, but not made my way through them yet. Well, you bought them without actually watching them. Well, it's, it's a, it's well that's be... that's generally how things work. It's like... <laughs> See, I always wait for Netflix now, but that's what we used to have to do before the internet and before these streaming services. You just buy the full de- DVD set and watch them. Mm. I appreciate that you did that. <laughs> well, I'm a man of honour. Uh, as we said, books recorded over two hours of dialogue for the episode. I hope to God that one day that gets released. And um, that's pretty much my facts for this week. So let's get into the full review of You Only Move Twice. Obviously, the title is a play on what, Mitch? Uh, the James Bond film You Only Live Twice, and there are many Bond references throughout. You're going to have to, you know, make up... Point a few of them out as we go along? Yeah, you have to make up for the fact that I haven't seen Bond films. Okay. You know that guy <laughs> who's strapped to the table with the laser cutting like up the table towards him whose name is Mr. Bont he I don't want to blow that your mind here but he's like a parody of Mr. Bond oh is he really yeah I don't know if you would have picked <laughs> up on that or not <laughs> the original air date was November 3rd 1996 uh, the chalkboard gag was I did not learn everything I need to know in kindergarten and the couch gag was what Mitch the family parachuting down safely gently landing on the couch and then home up splat face down on the floor I actually really laughed at that. It was one of the few chalkboard... Yeah. I'd forgotten about that one, and it was one of the few that I was like, that's actually a really funny visual. Yeah. And the, the sound the effect sound. of him. Yeah. It was, it, it was such base humour. I don't normally laugh at something as simple as man falling on his face, but that was really funny. Just like a fart joke. <laughs> Similarly, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it was, though. He went face first. Just yeah. bang. Didn't move. Part of me laughing might have spoken my excitement of this episode. Sitting down and reviewing it, I was like, I am ready for some chuckles. How good does it feel reviewing the classics? Yeah. I've been waiting for this. And yeah. Th- these ones feel less like work. Uh, so it starts off with Smithers leaving home for work. I'm assuming that's his house. One of my favourite all-time cold openings to an episode. Yeah. Just, I love the singing. It's uh, to the tune of a Guys and Dolls number. Yeah. Uh, the only, and it's the, so the only reason I know that is because of uh, Mark Hamill singing it when he's on. Oh the yeah, right. Yeah. But yeah, like it's so Smithers. You could just it's it perfectly captures a side of him that while you this is the first time you've ever seen him do it, you imagine him doing it every single day of his yeah. life. Yeah. Like, even the fact that he's walking to work instead of driving and just has such a strut. Like I work for Monty Burns. Monty Burns. It's. Perfect. It's absolute perfection. And I will often sing that to myself on my way to work, even though I don't work for Mr. Burns. <laughs> really? I could picture you saying it. Would it. Feel, it just makes me feel good. Like, 
Get out there and attack tomorrow by singing that song the first thing you do when you leave the house. See, I would walk into a factory and sing that, but I fear that I'd get the shit kicked out of me. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, though, doing this review, for example, you said they're Smithers. It perfectly encapsulates the character of Smithers. Mm. Throughout the episode, I was like, oh, it's the first time I like this. And I was like, wait a minute. We're in the eighth season here, so all the characters are established now. These, yeah, of course. They, they are now as we know them to be, so everything's everyone's fleshed out. So then... The limo arrives, cue the evil music, sort of sets the tone for how you're supposed to think about it, yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And they offer Smithers the job, and he just pretty much just doesn't want it. He's happy you're working for Mr. Thank Burns. you, but spoken for. Yes. Uh, like Even that, he says that as if he's in a relationship. Yeah. Like, are you single? No, he's spoken for. Yeah. Because that's, you know, kind of the language you would use. Well, there's a couple of things here that sort of hint at Smithers being gay, because obviously he's, he's come out as gay now, season 27. Season 27, he has officially come out as being gay in the Springfield universe. Yes. yes. Back in 1996, it wasn't revealed, obviously. I mean, but obvious I, to everyone watching. Yeah. I mean, just, he sings Guys and Dolls. That's the first one. The other one was when she says, you have lots of health benefits for you and your life partner. Oh, Yeah. I didn't, I didn't pick up on that. That's a very subtle, yeah, little way of putting that across. Because it's blatantly obvious. The guy's singing Guys and Dolls down the street. <laughs> like, it's pretty damn obvious. And they've got, like, a whole dossier on him. They've done their research, yes. But then, wouldn't you think they just do their research on Homer? Forget about it. It makes the episode well, not work. they anyway. need somebody. I did love uh, Smithers' line of, What's wrong with this country? Can't a man walk down the street without being offered a job? Hilarious. The only, the only thing that would have made that joke funnier is if unemployment had been higher at the time. So, did you do some research? I it wasn't? Did. It, yeah. the, the unemployment rate in 1996 in the States was a low, relatively low, 5.4%. Is that all? What yeah. is it now? Uh, that much I couldn't tell you, but okay. I'd say hovering. Like, it's sort of long-term average is probably around about the four to six range. Yep. And high would be pushing up towards tens and double, like, you know, eights, nines, tens. Still a very, very funny joke, because obviously it's not that easy to get work. But it... As much as it would have hurt more people, it also would have been much funnier had they been like in the middle of a recession or something. Had that joke been in Geelong right now with factories closing down <laughs> left, right and centre, that would have got a really big laugh from me. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's actually another similar thing to that, what mm-hmm. you just did, the research in regards to the, the joke not being as funny as it could have been. Mm-hmm. I've done some research myself. Oh, good. For later in the episode. I look forward to it. Yes. So this tease. is the thing. When we get paid, we do more work. Yeah, I know, right? I actually had that mentality. I'm like, people are paying for this. I want to give them their money. I'm really trying to bring a high energy yeah. discussion about all things. Uh, they choose Homer instead because he's the next most senior man at the plant, which, as we discussed, doesn't really make sense, but whatever. Yep. It sort of explains, though, why they chose a dimwit because they just assumed because he's got experience, he must be the next best person for the job. Yeah, totally. I sort of wondered, I always used to wonder, why did Hank Scorpio choose Homer when he... He's obviously an idiot, but they didn't do their research on him. He was just the second most senior man at the plant. Must yep. He's worked there for a long time. Must know what he's doing. Yeah, he must be fine. Yeah, It's not even explained why they've gone to a nuclear power plant, because he's not doing anything nuclear-related. They said their nuclear department, something along those lines. They, they, they say the word nuclear, But yeah. later Homer talks about germ warfare and uh, weather device. Yeah, the, no, the, no, the weather device is his competition. We're doing much better than the weather device oh, is, is in it? the germ department. Oh, I misheard that line. I thought it was about how saying that we're doing very well in the no, weather department. We're doing much office. better than, yeah. Uh-huh. All right. But well, she, that all makes sense then. She just say something about our nuclear department or something along those lines. So Homer goes back all happy and proud that he's you know, got a new job and Marge is not happy when she finds out that yeah. they want to move. It's classic Homer. 
just bounces in. Yeah. He doesn't even know where it is. Uh, yeah. Upstate somewhere. <laughs> he just he's like, this is amazing. This is, I got my new job. This is my lifelong dream. We have to do this. I did love Marge's reasoning as to why she doesn't want to have to move. She's dug herself into a rut and she's that, happy there. That as well. But we've got friends, family, library cards. But lawyers here. <laughs> like there, the, that's funny. Like that's important. But it's has n- a lawyer. It's not often that Marge gets great lines of comedy, and that's one of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Homer says, "This is the chance for me to chase my lifelong dream." Marge like, "What dream?" And they plant the seed for a joke that goes throughout the episode yep. of, "I want to own the Dallas Cowboys." The Dallas Cowboys, yes. Which is that's fine. Everyone has a dream. The kids, of course. the kids take the piss out of him. I think Ari Gold had a very similar dream in Entourage. He wanted to own a football team. Did I've seen him watch Entourage? Uh, okay, Don't tell me if he does because I want to watch it. All right then. <laughs> okay, Brendan. <laughs> End of I'd, conversation. I'd hate, I'd hate to spoil a really, really empty TV show that has almost no point whatsoever, other than to try and be funny for twenty-five minutes. Does he get a t- Does he get a football team? No. <laughs> <laughs> People listening now, they're like, "Fuck! I was going to watch it." <laughs> but he tries. <laughs> so, uh, as I said, it's a nice plan of the sieve for a joke, a running gag throughout the episodes, two or three times it's mentioned. Yeah. And he said, you mentioned Marge's line of. I've dug myself into a nice little rut here and I'm not about to hoist myself out of it. Mm. It is great to hear Marge say funny lines, isn't it? And she gets a few funny moments throughout this episode. Uh, yeah, she does. There are a few that... like the, Obviously, the line about drinking later on. Like it, There are times that they, they write some really good lines for her. Normally, she's just sort of like the fall guy for the joke. She, she's, yeah, there to, she's, or, a, she's a set-up person for the Yeah, the or she's the line. one just being grumpy off on the side. Yeah. Uh-huh. Homer puts in the tape, which is like the infomercial, I guess, for Cypress Creek. Yeah. A Tale of One City. A Tale of One City. A rip on A Tale of Two Cities. Yes. Charles Dickens. And Homer gets Literary bored. reference. Yes. Homer gets... You haven't done one for, for a while. No, it's, it has been a while. Since The Raven, maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I need to lift my game because there are so many of them. It's just that the Simpson writers are much better read than I am. Homer gets bored immediately, which is funny. Cypress Creek. A Tale of One City. Uh, let's watch up, Mouse. Homer, you're trying to talk us into moving to this place. Oh, yeah, that's right. Let's watch this. So it, they make things change from bad to good. I love the homeless guy becoming a post. The box. bum turns into a post office box. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking fantastic. And at the end, it's sort of like the political statement: dreams may vary from those of Cypress Creek. Yeah, Cobbs uh, Corporation. I I even love the voiceover though. Before that's the the fast one about dreams may vary. It's like, I wish someone had built somewhere better. Somebody did. did. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Globex seems like the ultimate place to work, doesn't it? Yeah. You reckon you could draw some parallels to like, I don't know, Globex and Apple? Are there, uh, is Google? There, Google? Or Google. They've got so much money, they could easily be up to some supervillain scheme in the background that no one knows about. And, I could picture and Steve the, Jobs with a flamethrower. On the surface, they're all funky offices and beanbags and all that sort of stuff. But in the background, exactly, flamethrowers and nuclear devices. I just love the way that Scorpio reacts to situations. That's no big deal. If, yeah. If you can kill someone on the way out, that'd be great. That'd be great. <laughs> Uh, so Lisa I like the thing that she saw was obviously much as it looks nice is she had people weren't shoving and pushing each other around but pushes her out of the way yeah yeah, me too I've never been somewhere like that boom me either yeah and then Marge says well the place is falling apart the chimney collapses Marge agrees the kids are all happy now cuss the next scene where Otto comes to check out the house I did like that when it showed the exterior shot of the house the chimney was still collapsed yep nice little continuity yeah yeah so <laughs> great Otto, line oh windows I don't think I can afford this place. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a line that Otto would say, though, isn't it? Yeah. I, I love doing a review on an episode where all the characters are established. It's just so refreshing. Yeah. <laughs> and it's great that he 
ultimately becomes the one who's squatting in the Simpsons yeah. house as well. <laughs> he just lives Because he's seen it. And he's like, that's a pretty sweet house. Yeah, and yeah. he's obviously done the school bus route. Like, oh, <laughs> it's abandoned. I can move in there now. Yeah. That, is, that is pretty funny, yeah. Then a poo comes. And this is a great scene. Yes. Hello. I am not interested in buying the house, but I would like to use your restroom. Flip through your magazines, rearrange your carefully shelved items, and handle your food products in an unsanitary manner. Huh? Now you know how it feels! Thank you! Come again! Like, what I was thinking about was how long was a poo waiting for that opportunity? Oh, no. <laughs> just the Simpsons family, that's it. Yeah, no was it just the Simpsons? Or does he just spend his Saturdays and Sundays going around to open homes and just screaming at people and then running back to the quickie bar? <laughs> back in five. Maybe because no one moves away. That's true. That's, the first that's, people to be right, you has to capitalise on the situation. Leave Sanjay in charge. Yeah, apart from the Whitman place. So the family, or Marge and Homer, they sort of come to the conclusion, we ain't going to be able to sell this place anytime soon. And it dawns on them to just leave it abandoned. Now, why, now would, why would you do this? Well, she also makes the comment that even if we do sell it, we won't be able to cover the mortgage. Mortgage, yeah. So that's why they just bought it up and then, you know, whatever, the bank can repossess it. They kind of leave their debts cleared. Now... The Simpsons have been living in that house for at least 10 years because they were there when Bart was born. Yes. That's a really shit mortgage. Well, they lived in when Bart was born. No, they weren't. They weren't. Oh, well, eight years. Then. When Lisa was born, they yeah. were anyway, yeah. If you've been in a place paying it off for eight years, what the hell? Yeah. I, I, maybe, I guess, the chimney falling off would have devalued the place a little bit. But yeah, man, that's... um. If you were going to apply some real-world banking terms, uh, what a bad loan. Yeah, if you're going to sell the house, you should be able to cover it. You would hope. Yeah, <laughs> And then, so the family is packing all their stuff to move away into their little lugger. Moving van, I guess you'd call it? Yeah. Trailer. Yeah, like a U-Haul. Yeah. Uh, I'm assuming little lugger is a play, all, play on the U-Haul I company. wish the trailer had the number plate Flanders. <laughs> that would have been pretty cool, actually. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> then Flanders comes to collect all his stuff, yep. as he rightfully should. Yeah. Because they've borrowed it and now they're leaving town. I love the fact, though, that he cops it all on the chin. Is yeah. you going to need that in Cypress Creek? Yes. yes. Oh. Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Oakley, dokley. Yeah. Oakley, like Flanders at this point is the nice Flanders. Who yeah. just He's a doormat. Yeah. It, 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 you feel sorry for him, but don't you just wish you had a neighbor like that? <laughs> would you, if you had a neighbor like that, would you just take full advantage of it? Like you wouldn't believe. Oh, <laughs> you would. Dave, I need to uh, borrow the Mercedes if you don't mind. Oh, buy- yeah, that's fine. I'll, I'll, I'll be five minutes or... Or two years, what you know, one of the two. What was that you said on your breath? Nothing. Yeah, my neighbor has a Lamborghini. If I asked to borrow that, if you just keep on driving. <laughs> <laughs> so, as we said, yeah, Flanders cops on the chin. The family all decide, family all take off to leave the town for the last time. Now, as you mentioned earlier at the start, the writers wanted you to think that they were moving permanently, didn't they? They did, and it works because as much as this is the second episode of season eight, the first one was Treehouse of Horror. So this is the first canon episode of season eight. And while it would have been bold, like insanely bold and risky. And stupid. But it's not beyond the realms of believability that you would go, well, they've been doing the same thing. They've, they've had the same stuff to work with for seven years. Maybe they do need some fresh ideas. Like, you know, House got rid of most of its main actors or pushed them into the background after three seasons or so to keep themselves fresh. And as much as that happened later, you know, if you're watching this for the very first time, you go, holy shit, they're going to do it. I don't know why, but I never got that feeling when I first watched it. Maybe I was just too young to think like that. Yeah, I reckon it was that. And I didn't when I first watched it either, but watching it as an adult trying to put that fresh eyes approach on, I was like, oh, okay, yeah. I see what they're going for. And I possibly would have 
at least had doubts in my mind. Because I was sitting there going, well, why is everyone? Why else would everyone have said goodbye? Why did a poo come and have that quick scene with the Simpsons? Yeah, They're just they, they, as you said, they tried to include as many sub characters as possible, as if it was their last hurrah. Yeah, and then when they're driving off, everyone says their farewell. I love Mr. Burns. Ta ta. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Homer's sort of disappointed. He's like, I'm going to miss this town. This town's been awfully good to us. No, it hasn't, Dad. That's why we're leaving. Oh yeah. So long, stink town. <laughs> Moving along, they cut to the family arriving at Cypress Creek, and it's very much similar to like when they. It's like they do this every time they arrive somewhere new, capital city. They're always like really impressed by it all, aren't they? Yeah, and it's that was the one thing that I thought maybe stragged fractionally. Like the U's and R's just didn't. It was a gag to fill time, I think. Yeah, but it, it just didn't do it for me. It didn't make me laugh. No, um, it's the one thing I was like, nah, that's just noise. Yeah, it, it wasn't it, really. I think it was because you didn't really every it, time they would do the U's and the R's. You it couldn't see like what they were doing it at because it's just the one bit of them driving through the woods. Yeah. It would have been funny if you could see them doing oohs and ahs at the most basic stuff in the world. Yes. Yeah. That Springfield doesn't actually have. Yeah. But the normal world does have. Yeah. A trash can on the side of the road or something. Like, ooh. That, yeah. Like, you know, that would have been funny. I've just got here that I think it's a, something to fill time, but it's like, why include that and then cut out like the grandpa stuff? You know? Yeah. It doesn't further the story. It just seemed... I was trying to like it, and I just couldn't find any positives as to why it needed to be there, basically. So that's what that's sort of the one negative I could find for the episode. They arrive at their address, which is... Oh, uh, th- 13902. 15201. Whoops. <laughs> no Ma- edits, no edits. Maple Systems Drive. <laughs> Maple Systems Drive. I've got the street. I just had no idea what the numbers were. I did a bit of research. This isn't my fact thing, but okay. this is a bit another research. Maple Systems. They are a thing. Maple are, Systems are a thing? They are a business. 30 years oh. I've been going for. And they are the world's premier provider of touchscreen HMIs. Yeah, what do you know? Yeah. Look it up. Maple Systems. <laughs> touchscreen <laughs> like, what, sorry? Touchscreen touch HMIs. So what, like, what's the HMI? Isn't that for like the phones and whatnot? I don't know. I'm asking you. <laughs> it's, what, it's what powers... It had pictures of phones and okay. tablets and that kind of stuff. Okay. I didn't right. do that much research. Oh, shout out. paying us a dollar, motherfucker. Shout out. <laughs> shout out to the guys at Maple Systems. <laughs> yes. I was, wondering, I was wondering whether the writers knew that Maple Systems is a thing. Yeah, I don't know. I'd, I'd read somewhere that one of the writers was saying that that was his favorite fake address in the show. And I, I was trying to figure out why. Like, there's nothing overly... Well, 30 years in the business, how long... That's 86, isn't it? So, yeah, it would have been in the business They were years. a thing. Didn't have the internet back then, so maybe they didn't know they existed. Who knows? Well, they they did have the internet, just not as big, because the school has a website. Yes, it does. And that was one of my trivia questions. Uh, okay. <laughs> Stu- uh, studynet.edu or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. Which, like the joke being at the time, is how illustrious must this school be to have its own domain yeah, name? Yeah, you're right. Obviously, it's... it makes no sense now, because we've got a website. It, like, everyone has a website. Yeah, it didn't even dawn on me. Yeah, that would have made them seem prestigious, wouldn't it? Mm. Yeah, 1996. Uh, so they walk in the house, very impressed by the house. Immediately, as soon as the door closes, Hank Scorpio is knocking. Yeah. And we introduced to who you consider to be the best character of all time. Yes. The Albert Brooks show begins and... Never ends. Just strap yourself in. <laughs> it's, it's fantastic. Every second he is on the screen is hilarious. Yeah. How are we going to wrap our heads around Hank Scorpio, the character? We, not, we can't play every clip because it's just... We'll get done for copyright. You can watch <laughs> our Best of Hank Scorpio yes. video on YouTube. Which does have everything. Which is just everything <laughs> that he says. But... um. What an entrance, though. It's just Brooks at his absolute best. Yeah. It's like watching Ace Ventura and seeing Jim Carrey, where they've basically just gone, do whatever you want to do, and we'll make sure that we capture it. Like, that's... If you watch Ace Ventura, that's pretty much the only direction I think he's been given. What about the mask? You think the mask is similar? Similar direction, yeah. Yeah. Where they just go, camera's on you, whatever you want. 
Yeah. And that's like they just put a microphone in front of Al and said, here's the scene. Go nuts. Yeah. Here's two hours. Just give us two minutes of material. Yeah. <laughs> I think he only appears on the screen for about four minutes. But how could a character only appear on the screen for four minutes in 27 years yet still be considered one of the best characters of all time? It's, uh, it's unbelievable. Yeah. It's just the power that he brings. Like less than five minutes. That's all you see him for. Fucking incredible. So... As I was saying to you off the air, it's literally, it's dialogue that can't be written. Some of the scenes that are in this episode, you, no one could possibly write no. them. And, and you know, like as much as everyone talks about the, you ever see a man go, say goodbye to a pair of shoes? Mm, yes, once. <laughs> like that's one of everyone's favorite lines from Hank Scorpio. But you know, I was trying to write down the ones that I didn't always think of straight away. And again, one it's just amazing to be able to improv this. Like, you know, we don't want to give you the bums rush. We don't have bums in this town, Marge. And if we did, they wouldn't rush. They'd be allowed to go at their own pace. Yeah, <laughs> so love good. that. <laughs> so that's one of the one of the lines from this scene. We have the moccasin scene. Hey, look at my feet. Okay. You like those moccasins? Look in your closet. There's a pair for you. Don't like them? Then neither do I. Get the hell out of here. Ha! Ever see a guy say goodbye to a shoe? Yes, once. Which I think is great improvisation from Dan. If it was improvised, yeah, you know, yeah. I assume it had to be. And who, who the fuck can ever see a man say goodbye to a shoe? How the fuck do you write that? Come on, seriously. <laughs> what I love the most, we were t- discussing this off air, that what's so great about the yes once <laughs> is that for a moment, Homer is just disappearing into this memory and it's never happened on the show. Whatever it is, it's not for us to know. It's just for us to imagine where was Homer? What was he doing? Why was he watching the guy saying goodbye to a pair of shoes? And why did it amuse him? And why does he look back so fondly at it? Exactly. <laughs> I love it. Yes, once. <laughs> it's, it's such a real memory. Like, it's exactly how you would walk down. It's, it's like you're walking down the street and you just suddenly remember something that happened 10 years ago. And you're on your own in the street. So you can't laugh out loud like a maniac. Yeah. So you just let yourself have a little smile and go, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what that happened. That's pretty much what Homer does right here. It's so real. It's so beautiful. If I was a writer and I wrote that scene, I would never think for the other person to say yes. It would, no. always, it would always be no because yeah. it's just so absurd. Another thing he says here is the I like to be called a boss dialogue. Don't call me Mr. Scorpion. It's Mr. Scorpio, but don't call me that either. Call me Hank. And of course the Popeye. Popeye, Popeye. Yeah, it is. Big strong. Strong like Popeye. Ah, <laughs> uh, who, forget it. I'm Hank Scorpio. So that's his grand entrance. Just absolutely incredible. Cuts to Marge, and oh, oh, we forgot something. We forgot something. Oh, we can't forget anything with Hank Scorpio. He's in the middle of a fun run. He's in the middle of a fun run. Yeah. <laughs> he runs off barefoot. <laughs> well, he took the number off. To, yeah, like because he didn't. Himself. He well, he didn't want to look weird. Yeah, <laughs> besides throwing shoes away, exactly, <laughs> and saying goodbye to them. So it cuts to Marge the next day. Was he running the whole way with the welcome hamper? I don't know, but he was miles ahead of the I'd crew. Love to think that he was. He was winning quite convincingly. He was. <laughs> So Marge is not used to having to not do any housework. That's, mm. that's her job. She's housewife. Yeah. She's at the home 23 hours a day. Yeah. That's all she does. And this house is so modern that everything's doing it for itself. Everything's sorted. The oven is cleaning itself. The robot vacuums on dust patrol. Maggie's on the swing of a jig. Yep. Hating life. I felt so sorry for it. It's the... It's like a whimpering puppy. <laughs> Child torture. <laughs> yeah. It's just like trying to get to the off button. I'm just... When that happened, I'm trying to think, I wonder how long Marge left it for. <laughs> like, how long was she on the swing of the rest of the episode? Yeah, no. <laughs> so he cuts then to Homer's first day at work. And I did love this bit of dialogue. It's just, hey, Scorpio, the way he says to Homer, come with me, my new best friend. Mm. It just encapsulates the character of Hank Scorpio. 
everyone is just considered so highly by him. Yeah. He's the ultimate friend, ultimate boss, ultimate everything. It's almost like they've come up with a conceit of how how does a supervillain actually motivate so many people around him? Yeah. And this is how they would do it in reality. Either you get a whole bunch of really evil people, but that's not what would have happened in this because no one working for him is particularly evil other than obviously the army and the people that are fighting against the government. But, you know, the the just the bricks and mortar type blue collar in and out doing their job, they don't they probably don't. Well, maybe they know. The guys working on germ warfare are probably halfway aware of what they're doing. But you know, they're just they've got this guy who's a great boss and they're oh, whatever, it's a job. They pay me well. We just we put our head in the sand, we do what we're told, and yeah, as you said, we looked after really, really well. Yeah. Well, if you knew your boss was doing stuff not your current boss, if you were working somewhere and you knew that your boss was doing something shifty, you didn't know quite know what, but you knew it was shifty. But you were in a situation like the Globex Corporation, would you just do your job? Or would you investigate? Um, no, investigation always leads to like a fiery pit of death. Yeah, yeah, it does. So Homer, pretty much throughout the whole episode, he has no idea what's going on. It's not like he turns a blind eye. He just has no idea. Yeah, he's just, a, again, Homer at his oblivious best. But even us as viewers, we know he's a supervillain because we've seen the episode. Watching this for the first time, you would have no idea he's a supervillain. No, definitely point. not. And that's... Part of there's a lot of what happens in this episode runs around the same theme of what looks great on the surface is not necessarily what's true once you peel back a layer or two, and it happens to every single character, including Homer. Yeah, another bit of great dialogue from Hank Scorpio. He calls him Mr. Scorpion. Don't call me Mr. Scorpion, Scorpio. Don't call me that either. The tank. <laughs> yeah, something like that. <laughs> oh, I just fucking love every single line. It's just great. It just feels like every line. It's just Albert Brooks having a great time. Yeah. I lo- uh, is it the scene where he's talking about how um, rich guys wearing blue jeans and sports jackets? A little bit further I on. I invented that. Yeah, a little bit further on. Yeah. Well, it's, this is where he says, I put my coat up on the wall, please? Yeah. <laughs> Hilarious. Sure. Um, hmm. Taking the piss. Yeah. He's having a good time about it, though. He's not, he's right. not being There mean. are no walls. Matter of fact, I don't even give you my coat. It's very similar. I've had here to, I'm not wearing a tie at <laughs> all. <laughs> So Homer then I did like here Before Homer reveals his dream To Hank Scorpio About owning the Dallas Cowboys Or maybe it's before or after Anyway The same scene They're walking on treadmills And then yeah. when they want to move further They get onto the They get onto thing. a Jetson style Like it's at the airport Yeah At the airport Nicola always has to stand on that I'm like you're fucking lazy Stand I, They're I, not there for you to stand on They're there for you to walk oh, on And get somewhere faster Oh yeah no she, Well she stands yeah. And just lets her take it Because she, she doesn't want to walk Ah Nicola, if like, you're listening, <laughs> what are you doing? I'm like, Nicola, walk. I'm, I walk and I'm waiting for it at the end. She's like, I can't be bothered walking. There's, I'm like, oh my God. There's no way that I can possibly do this better than Jerry Seinfeld did. But it, it, like he pointed out in the mid-90s to people that they're not a ride. No. Like you, just, you want to tap them on the shoulder and go, there's no animated pirates or dinosaurs along the way here. Can you please <laughs> just move? <laughs> but here, Hank and Homer, they just stand still in it. Hmm. which is the gag. They're walking nowhere on a treadmill. And then when they have to walk, they stand still. Yeah. But this is where they have the sport jacket thing. My butt is for sitting, not for kissing. Now you tell me the truth. What's your real dream? Your real dream. Um, someday I'd like to own the Dallas Cowboys. I bet people laughed at you when you told them that dream. Yeah. Homer, don't give up. They laughed at me the first time I wore jeans with a sport coat. I was the first wealthy man in America to ever do that. Now they all do it. Homer is then introduced to his team. And this is where it sort of dawned on me, okay, so this is why he has hired Homer. He tells him, give him the benefit of your years of experience. And Homer's sort of like, that won't take long. <laughs> Which, to Hank, would make it out like, okay, he's, he's going to be able to tell them quickly. No, he just doesn't have much to yeah. tell. It's a joke, and he just doesn't, doesn't realise it. This is probably, 
it'd be my top three favorite Scorpio moments. Top two, the falling back trust. Oh my God, a guy's on the floor. Uh, oh my God, the guy's on the floor. That's <laughs> <laughs> just the way he reacts to it. One, no, three, two, one second. <laughs> it's perfect. Don't chalk that up. I can't even talk as fast as Helka. Don't chalk that up to mistrust. No, just play it. Just play the clip. I'm going to let that in. <laughs> uh, that was a phone call. Don't chalk that up to mistrust now. Yes? What happened? When did that happen? How much of it? Oh, my goodness. I'll be right up. Homer, I got to go upstairs. There's a problem. Somebody ate part of my lunch. It's just perfect, man. Like, it's just... We've picked a good episode to review. It's fucking amazing. Yeah. Hank Scorpio. How he has not been brought back to date, like, it's 20 years later. Where is he? Come should, on, He guys. should have got his own spin-off movie. Oh. Imagine Scorpio doing a crossover into Archer. Oh. That would be amazing. Fuck yeah. Make it happen. Yes, please. What about with a family guy crossover? It would have been perfect to have Stewie versus Hank. Yeah, that could have worked. Yeah. Battle of evil minds. Yeah. <sighs> what a waste. Anyway. So, Homer, as we said, has been introduced to his team. This is where we get the beginning of Homer the Motivator. Are you guys working? Yes. Could you work any faster? Yeah. <laughs> sure thing, boss. Yeah, so he's very respected around, and, and he's very proud of the fact that people are appreciating him mm. for just being him. Like, he's not doing anything different to what he normally does, but the people around him just have no idea who he really is. I think that's the thing. Mm. Hank and all of his colleagues, they've never met this guy before until like, yesterday. For Homer, the idea of a fresh start is perfect and it's it's living up to everything that it should be. He kind of feels sad for Homer towards the end because he's finally found his calling in life mm. and he gets taken away from him. Like it's whenever yeah. he's, he's just one of those people when whenever he has something positive in his life, something just has to something shit all over it. Comes up to ruin it. But what's so sweet about this is he makes the decision at the end and he does it for his family. Yeah. He doesn't want to do it. No. It's, and he finally has everything going for him. Yeah. Uh, so Bart's fitting in at school purely because of immaturity because they've never seen a kid like this before. Yeah, they're so used to the straight laced, you know, being well behaved and whatnot. Yeah. it's it's almost like Pleasantville. Yeah, when Toby Maguire, although Toby's kind of straight laced, but when uh, he and is it Reese Witherspoon? I think it's Reese in Pleasantville with him. I don't want to be wrong, so I'm going to say I don't know. Okay, but in <laughs> any case, when the two modern day teenagers get sucked back to the 1950s and start being a little bit edgy, and everyone's like, "Oh, I like you people because you're different." What about uh, Michael J. Fox from Back to the Future when he's yeah, playing the music? Yeah, very similar. And then he takes it a little bit too far. Yeah, <laughs> I guess you weren't ready for that one. Yeah, but your kids are going to love it. So he's got a fresh sound. That's up the there. Under. Top ten quotes from the 80s. Yeah, that you line for me. Oh, it's so cocky. Yeah. And the new meal house. He wants someone to push him around. Yep. Then we learn that Bart can't read cursive. And this is where it sort of dawns on him that no matter how many fart sounds he can do, kids aren't going to accept him because he's just not one of them, basically. Mm. So the teacher... I like the way he does try to read the word Quentin. Two Quentin and jolly words. But you feel sorry for Bart because, yeah, as I wrote, he has never... He's never been forced to have to improve. You know, it's just, no, he's, he's, all- a, he's allowed to, he, he is what Springfield Elementary consider normal. Hmm. In his school, being smart, you're the outcast. Yeah, there's he, only a small he handful. He is the complete opposite. Yeah. You know? So the teacher decides to, put, well, he says, do you know cursive? And he starts saying the swear words, yeah. but he puts him in the remedial class. Is it class. bitch that they cut off? Yeah, bit. Yeah. I wonder if that was banned by that point, because bitch has appeared a few times. I don't know if it would have been banned or if it, it's just a funnier joke if he doesn't get the word out. Yeah, it's happened. It's in the episode, I think it's called Bart Star, where he's playing rugby and home as a coach. Yeah. And he's, oh, no, 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 sorry. It's the one where they get the horse. And Nelson says, that horse has got lots of guff. And they look at him like, guff. And he's like, I mean, shit. And then they punch him and it stops saying yeah. the word shit. Well, yeah, I was going to say, like in 1996, it has to be bit. 
if it was 2006, it would be fuck. Yeah, you're right. We're not ready for the C-bomb yet, are we? Cut. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a fantastic cushion regarding the C-bomb the yeah. other day. Uh, it, it was uh, My friend posted this on Facebook. It just said, uh, I'd like to stop swearing, but I can't. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> so I'll allow that one. Yeah. Because what I like about that word is that you can say it in that context and it just sounds like can't. So for any kids out there in the radio, they don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, exactly. And if you really want to have fun with that, go and watch The Sound of Music. Why? You can find this on YouTube, but type Sound of Music, can't face. And there's a, a line there where... The sister is to- Mother Superior is talking to Maria. She says, "Maria, what is it you can't face?" And it's <laughs> just over and over and over again. You'll never stop laughing at that line. I have to check it out. That's, that's awesome. <laughs> Sorry, we've completely divul. Uh, I've I've got us way off track. Oh, he's but well, it sort of ties in well. Sent to a rem- remedial class. Ah, yes. Yeah, so but but can't believe where it. I'll be headed. Yeah. <laughs> As I said, it's, you feel sorry for Buck. He's never been held accountable before. Now he is. So the the tables are starting to turn. Marge, you can see, is not happy. Mm-hmm. Bart's not happy. So you're waiting for something for Lisa to see. So this is where you're starting to think uh, it's not going well for anyone but Homer, basically. So you can sort of see where the episode is going. Yeah. Now, before we get to Lisa and her reveal of to what happens, though, we get the introduction of the remedial class. Yeah. Well, well before that, even, we actually get Marge. A little first, cut back to Marge. Marge yes. uh, drinking the. The, bum, bum, the one, and it hits the music. Now, as a kid, the music emphasised the fact that this was bad. Mm. If there was no music, I wouldn't have got it. I still didn't quite get it as a kid. I'm like, she's drinking. Like, I don't understand what's wrong with that. Yeah. But now... Well, I, I guess of, she's drinking at probably 10 o'clock in the morning. But I didn't know it was alcohol. Like, I, uh, I, I, okay. I, yeah, I just didn't put two and two together. Plus, we're from Australia. Yeah. I've had wine first thing. We're drinking beers now. Like, it's just... Yeah. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> it was. I thought, i got to make sure that this is a good podcast. I better have a beer. Yeah. <laughs> I've had three. So, you were saying about the remedial class. We're introduced to them. Funny characters. They are funny. And as much as everyone loves Warren, you know my favourite of the, all the introductions? Fell off the gym. Yeah, yeah. I fell off the jungle gym and when I woke up, I was in here. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Like, it makes it seem that she could have been normal before she fell off the jungle gym. Yeah. It's just woken up with severe brain damage. Yeah. And they just ushered her into the remedial class. Yeah, she doesn't know where she is. She hasn't gone to hospital. No. She's probably been concussed. Just woke up in the... When I woke up, I was here. <laughs> <laughs> um, so everyone seems to say, I'm from Canada. They think I'm slow, eh? That yeah. That guy. And the I start fires, which yep. is... He sounds very much like Ralph Wiggum, that character. Yeah, very similar. It must be so demoralizing for Bart. Imagine being put into a class where the teacher says, we're going to continue our work on the letter A. Yeah, hopefully this week we can finish. Yeah. Oh, uh-huh. Oh, just terrible. And then, but has good logic here. Mm. So we're falling behind everybody and we're going to catch up by going slower than they are. Cuckoo. <laughs> everyone starts copying. And he gets comforted by Warren. How classic is that? The back slaps. Just the slowly comforting whack. <laughs> it's perfect. I'm sure that there, of our thousands of listeners, there must be at least hundreds that do that to their friends on a oh, daily basis. Every one of us. You've done it to a friend. I've done it to a friend. Yep. This is where I was starting to realise I've written here that it's just not working for anyone but Homer, basically. Yeah. And you can and really see where the, where the episode's going. Yeah. And then we get Lisa and the northern reticulated chipmunk. Yeah, in the forest. So you expect something bad here, though, but nothing bad happens to her yet. Not to her, but the chipmunk obviously oh, gets eaten. It's so sad. But even that is a metaphor for the whole episode for me, that she just looks, at first glance, she just looks and sees the cute chipmunk and the owl, but behind her back, behind the surface, there's evil lurking in Cypress Creek. Because the owl just swoops down and boom, gone. 
Nice metaphor. Thank you. Did you steal that from anywhere? No, no, no. Well played. Yeah. <laughs> I, I when I watch these episodes through my analytical eyes. So if you paid us a dollar for every episode, we would go into detail. Bring like this, this all the time. So they're at Cypress Creek Promenade doing some shopping. I'm assuming just all on the waterfront of some sort. Uh, Homer decides to buy Tom Landry's hat. Why don't you buy it? I can't buy that. Only management type guys with big salaries like me can afford things like that. <gasps> guys like me. I'm a guy like me. Now, I've looked. Do you want to find out some info about Tom Landry? No. Okay. No. <laughs> we can save it for... Maybe we will no, actually... No, no, do it now. Do no, it now. If I bring it up right now, it might ruin the flow of the review. Because I could talk about Tom Landry for a good 20 minutes. Save it to the end. Okay. <laughs> okay. Less, at the very least, for our Australian listeners, anyone in America, if you don't know who Tom Landry is, shame on you. He's yep. up there with Vince Lombardi, the all-time great coaches of NFL. But he was a coach of... The Dallas Cowboys. Ah, oh, that ties in well. Mm. I'd say I didn't know that. Nice fact. You, you, I'm going to start paying you a dollar every time you come here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Homer, I did like that you don't see Homer buy the hat. You just cuts to him at work wearing the hat. Very proud of it. Yeah, and giving a, a like, all right, team, yeah. it's the th- third quarter, we're on the goal line type speech. I We've missed, or not missed, but Homer's brilliant motivational technique before buying Tom Landry's hat when he's talking to Marge about how the team's doing really, really well because of, and you know, Mr. Scorpio says it's all because of my motivational oh, this is your techniques. On the episode, yeah, <laughs> like it was um, like donuts and the promise of more donuts to come. To come. <laughs> would, if someone was promising more donuts to come, Sorry, would you wait for not promise? Time? Possibility. Possibility. Yeah. yeah. If someone was doing it to you, your boss said there's a possibility there'll be more donuts. Would you work faster? Yes. Of course you would. If if my boss could somehow figure out a way where like he ties a donut to a string that hangs from the roof and the more deals I get closed, the lower that string gets. <laughs> By three weeks into a quarter, I'd have written my target. <laughs> An inch each time. <laughs> you can start to smell it. <laughs> it's like it's just hanging just out of reach. You, like, like, yeah, it gets to a point where you just get like a little nibble on the lot. You get like a couple sprinkles off the icing. So, as we said, Homer's bought the hat and he's gone to work and he's trying to motivate his workers, but they're really, really tired now because he's obviously never told them to slow down. And it's they've just... been working really, really hard. Yeah, and I have. like that element of them too. Yeah. Like, geez, this Simpson's a real hard taskmaster. Better keep going. Yeah, yeah, keep doing it anyway. But Homer appreciates the, the hard work and he says, you know what you guys need? Hammocks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he says it. It's such a wave of inspiration that washes yeah. over him. Yeah. How it would help them, I don't know. Me like, either. But, you know, there's a hammock district, so they must use yeah. them in Cypress Creek. It's a good comedy word, hammock, as well. Yeah. Just sounds funny coming out. It's just, it's... We'll get to the hammock scene in a minute. Before then, he arrives at Scorpio's office. Did you see the sign on the door? No. Come on in. Oh, nice. Is it Scorpio's office? Come on in. Yeah, okay, that's pleasant. Very true to the character. Still don't know that he's a supervillain. No, you don't. Not until the end of this scene. Yeah. So, it starts off with Homer suggesting that we need hammocks. I'm not even going to bother trying to do the scene. <laughs> we'll just play it. We'll just play it. My goodness, what an idea. Why didn't I think of that? Hammocks. Homer, there's four places. There's the hammock hut. That's on third. Uh-huh. There's hammocks or us. Got that's it. on third, too. You got put your butt there. Mm-hmm. That's on third. Yeah. Swing low, sweet chariot. Right. Okay. Matter of fact, they're all in the same complex. It's the hammock complex down on third. Oh, the hammock district. That's right. This is something that will always be funny. Yeah. Do you think it would have been as funny in 1996 as it is now? Do you think the people's humour would have been the same back then to appreciate the gag for what it is to, to now? Or do you think it's one of those jokes that's just far ahead of its time? I don't know. Like, it's a difficult thing to say without going back. All I can say is that the first time I heard it, I thought it was hilarious. And I would have heard it at some point in the 90s. I just remember thinking, that makes no sense. But it was, I, knew it must have been, I knew it was funny, it does but I couldn't sense. work out why. 
Yeah, right. Well, I, I, I guess it's that. that I couldn't work out why I was laughing. Rather than just say immediately, go to the hammock district, that he's just gone, yeah. bang, 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 bang. Oh, yeah, they're all in the hammock district. But but it's it's like, it's not a joke. It's just the delivery, I think. Yeah. Yeah. As you said, the word hammock. Hilarious. It's just absurd. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> absurdist humour. And they, they waste 30 minutes of primetime television talking about a hammock district. <laughs> 30 minutes, 30 seconds. Oh, so 30 seconds. <laughs> um. At even his end, uh, uh, do you know who invented the hammock? No. Well, that's something for you to do. You find that out. Gives him a little task. Why does he give him a, a task like that though? Like, is it? I've got, I've got. Does he know that Homer is not smart? Like that he's just sort of. Maybe that's a moment of condescending, or maybe it's just, it's just Scorpio so busy and his mind moves so quickly. Just go do something. Wants, yeah, he's very go, erratic. Go find he? this out. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Erratic. I can tell you though who did invent the hammock. Oh, more research. I'm very impressed, Mitchell. Uh, it was a gentleman born somewhere around about 450 BC, which means that at some point, Jesus Christ may have relaxed in a hammock. Now, whether or not I'm going to be able to pronounce this, Aethelbades, I'm going to go with, or maybe that's a S, Aethelbades, something along those lines. Aethelbades. <laughs> um, uh, who was a prominent Athen- Athenian. Um, so, from Athens, statesman, orator, and general. Of course, it would be a Greek that would, you know, just... Yeah. These grapes aren't tasty enough when I'm lying on a pile of stone. Hoist me into the air. Well, they wear hammocks. <laughs> what are they called? The things they wear? Togas. Togas, yeah. yeah. Uh, but anyway, so there you go. Take that little fact home with you guys. Yes, very impressive. Uh, so, we get now... I was expecting it to be like, you know, just like... 1984. Yeah, yeah like... <laughs> Jeff Martin from 1984. Yeah, that's what, that, that, that was, I was thinking more like a, a Western Frontier type name. Yeah. Like, you know, uh, just Howard Johnson. Steve Jobs. Why yeah. not? <laughs> we get the scene where we now realise that... Scorpio isn't the man we thought he was. We do because at the just on the tail end of the hammocks, like, uh, Homer stick around. For, does he ask him to stick around for the he phone says, call? He, he's, no, he's, well, he says just, just whatever here for a minute. That's some, right. Got some business to take care of. Yeah. And then as he blows up the 59th Street Bridge, yeah. and then he goes, like, maybe it blew up on itself. We, but, but, you idiot. <laughs> we we can't afford to take that chance. You always say that. Yeah. I want to take a chance. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot how funny those guys were. Yeah. <laughs> just <laughs> bickering. <laughs> it's my favorite. Like if you ever. At the track, or if you're ever gambling on anything, that's it's a great line to give out. Like, I want to take a chance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just that Hank Scorpio is just so much more intelligent to the, than them, it seems. He's just like, blew up on us. <sighs> you, you have 32 hours or something. Yeah. <laughs> you have 72 hours. And the fact that he has a doomsday device says that this man is somewhat of a supervillain. Yes. A doomsday device. The words doomsday have never spelled good things. No. <laughs> never. Um, so as we said, it's the first insight to see who he really is. And it, it, it's the end of the second act. So it's like, it leaves the audience thinking, okay, so that's the direction we're going here. That, that's yep. where, because it doesn't really make any sense. It sort of seems too good to be true. There's got to be a hidden motive here. Yeah. And this is where it's finally revealed. So it comes back to the next scene and Homer's looking for sugar. Hey, you might find someone there, Homer. I love that the guard knows who he is. Yes, that's what that's what got here. It's just great that everyone's friends at Globex. Yeah. It's just perfect. Scorpio pulling sugar out of his pocket. I don't know why it's so funny, <laughs> but it is. He's just a man prepared for all eventualities. Like, we need Homer to go see Hank in his lair. He'll be looking for sugar. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? It's fucking amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he walks in. By the way, Homer, what's your least favorite country? Italy or France? France. <laughs> Nobody ever says Italy. Do you think there was a scene here where he did something to France? Like, why did he ask that? 
It's more about that's just about implied evil. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so he wasn't actually doing something. He was just asking. no. He would have been doing something, but you don't need to see it. Yeah. Given that you've already you've already borne witness to him blowing up the 59th Street Bridge, you just assume something bad is about to happen yeah. in France. So he then asks for sugar, pulls it out of his pocket, wants some cream as well. Yeah. Thinks about it. Thinks about it. Yeah. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> I love. And again, though, he just remains completely oblivious to the evil going on. Yes, there's a doomsday device right next to him. Yeah, he just needs his sugar. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Marge is still drinking. Still the... Dun, 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 <laughs> boom. Lisa's allergy is getting worse and worse. Yes. Well, she hasn't actually started the allergies until this point. But, oh, sorry. But Bart is still hating class. Well, that counts as getting worse. Yeah, Starting yeah, counts as getting yeah. worse. She went from no allergies to allergies. Bart is hating class. They're doing the musical chairs. where Everyone's a winner. There's more chairs than kids. <laughs> and I love where she puts her hand on the record, looks over the kids, look, yes, I'm getting ready. Yeah. And then she takes it off. Yeah. It's so good. And then Lisa realizes she's allergic to everything. Chipmunk just blows something into her face. Yeah. She just hates it. Cut back to Scorpio's lair. This is get get the scene that you mentioned before with James Mr. Bond. Bond. Now, Mr. Bond, yeah. You know what I? So they went with Bond because it was legally as close as they could get to Bond without being sued. It's funnier that way. A little bit, but I mean, because you're like, if it was just Bond, you'd be like, oh, okay. honestly, in my mind, like it's that thing when your brain isn't fully listening because of Sean Connery's voice and he's in the suit. I'd always heard it as Bond. Yeah, I thought it was Bond. I didn't as actually well. know that they yeah. did Bond until I was doing some research for the episode. I think it's because Hank speaks so quickly. It's just Bond. Yeah, it just sounds like Bond. What I really love, though, at the beginning of the scene, is the intense focus and concentration on Homer trying to insert his dollar into the vending machine. (laughs) Like, go back and watch that moment. It's fantastic animation and it only lasts for a second. Yeah, I didn't pick up on it. It's so good. Now, for your benefit, Dando, the scene in particular they're parodying here is one of the more famous scenes when Bond in Goldfinger is up against Blofeld. Um, he's one of the better villains of all of Bond's history. And it's that where he's he's strapped down to the table and the laser's sort of coming up towards him. And he, it's that immortal line where he goes, like, do you expect me to talk? Like, no, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. It's like, one yeah. of the most evil things. And yeah, that's exactly right. They do get the, uh, no, I expect you to die. I have a cheap funeral. Yeah. <laughs> Not the first time that The Simpsons have parodied this, actually. I think they did it in Itchy and Scratchy cartoon they as well. They did, yeah, and he's, his body moves around the laser. Yeah, because he's trying to avoid getting his nuts yeah, taken yeah. off. So he escapes, basically. So that's anyway. right. So the way he escapes is MacGyver-esque that... esque escape. Homer... Does Homer ask for a coin that Scorpio flicks over to him? Or does, does Bond get a, a coin, coin out of his pocket? Out of his pocket, I'm pretty flicks sure. Flicks it up into the laser beam and it yeah um, cuts the laser of all things. And then Homer just lays one of the biggest tackles that you will ever see. <laughs> like, I, and out of nothing. Hey, stop that guy. Boof. What was that? He's supposed to die. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> stop that man. He's supposed to die. <laughs> just bang. Homer doesn't even second guess that. Okay, he's supposed no. to die. I'll tackle him then. Yeah. And then when you go home tonight, there's going to be another story on your house. I love the animation and the, and the acting from Dan of when he's like, Homer, Homer, I'm so proud of you. Well. Yeah. It's <laughs> just... <laughs> He's so proud of himself. You know, it's fucking perfect. I forgot that you see him shoot him. You don't see him get <laughs> yeah. shot, but it's just like, oh, he's dead. Four guards around yeah, him. Bang. He is it's, over. That's the great, uh, and I mean, to throw to Austin Powers, like with Seth Green's great speech, it's like, shoot him in the head. What are you doing? Like, yeah. he's just going <laughs> to escape. You've got him right here. Boom. Shoot him in the head. Austin Powers, you were saying something earlier, and it, it reminded me of an Austin Powers scene where you were saying how they convince these people to work for the. For what then? The supervillains, right? It reminded me of, I think, the same thing you're about to the talk about. The piranha part? Yeah. When it cuts to Rob Lowe back in the bar. Yeah. Like, to Smitty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Like, he has a family. You forget that the villains, the, the lackeys, they all have family. Exactly. It's their job. Yeah. It is one of my favorite. It's amazing that you thought of that because as I was telling the story, I thought of the same thing, but I was like, no, I don't want to. I don't want to bring that up. It's probably not obvious enough. But yeah, yeah. That's it, it, they're just people with wives and drinking buddies. Yeah, what is this video? Yeah, <laughs> it's just yeah, very very funny. How did he die? He, oh, the later one is how did he die? He was crushed to death by his steamroller. <laughs> <laughs> what was the first one? His, his head gets eaten by piranhas, doesn't it? His head was eaten off by as uh, a genetically mutated piranhas or something yeah. along those lines. There's something about the piranhas. I don't yeah. remember what the specifics were. So Homer goes home. He's very proud of himself, but the family announced that they want to return to Springfield. Hey, what's with you, sad sacks? I'm allergic to everything here. My nose is so stuffed up, I can't even taste Bob's delicious boiled celery. I've been so bored since we moved here. I found myself drinking a glass of wine every day. I know doctors say you should drink a glass and a half, but I just can't drink that much. Homer's just gutted by this because he knows he needs to do right by his family, but for the first time, well, not the first time he's been successful at something, even though he says that, it is the first time he's being paid well to mm. do something. When he, he hasn't had to change anything about himself. He's just being himself and getting paid well to do it. And it's also one of the first times that of the things going well that he's had to stop. Like, so uh, dancing, uh, it, when yeah. you go back to dancing Homer, he got sacked. Like, it, it was someone else took it away from him, whereas in this one, he could have had it all. He could have worked up to be... T- Number two in the Globex Corporation. He could have stayed and went bowling. Yeah, he could have. <laughs> That's so great. So let him go back. Stay, you'll stay here. We'll, we'll go bowling. <laughs> but like Homer sacrifices his own happiness for the, his families. It's, it's, it's what elevates this not from just being a good episode with a fantastic character into being one of the best episodes of all time. Like the writing around Scorpio is also great. The whole episode direction is great. Even say two, three years ago, Never quite understood the the rap this show got. Why it was so considered so highly. And now I really do. This would be in my top five episodes now. Because as you said, it's not just funny. There is a really good story behind it all. Yeah. yeah. And Homer obviously decides he has to resign for the good of his family. So he goes to Scorpio's lair where some sort of agency, the government, as he says, are attacking him. Mm. As, well, Homer says, what's oh, going on? Don't even get me started on the government. Yeah. <laughs> What's going on? Ah, just a problem with the government. Yeah, <laughs> Homer's still always trying to crush the little guy. He's just so oblivious to what's going on around him, well, which what makes it so funny. I he's think. giving notice in the middle of a gunfight, and he's not responding to it yeah. whatsoever. At the end, he kicks a grenade away. Yeah, <laughs> like it's just, just no big like deal. it's a rock. Yeah, Scorpio's reaction to the whole situation is what makes it so perfect. Yeah, like, he's just so cool and calm in the dilemma, in the crisis. Like Homer's yeah. resigning is like, oh, we'll let him go. We'll go welling. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's just. Yeah. It's fine. Let him go. You'll stay. We'll go bowling. Like, it's just whatever. What, what's the big deal? Just stay here. Yeah, It'll be fine. And it's like no, I can't. I was like, oh, it's nothing. Like it was just like Homer. Have I, you know, have I not given you something? It's like no, it's nothing big. It's just the little things. And then he has a great line that's not necessarily funny, but it's just you can't argue with the little things. It's the little things that make up life. That's fucking. That's truth. Yep. And the dropping truth bombs. It shows that he does have a good heart when he says, "Well, I'm disappointed, but you got to do what's best for your family." Yeah. I'd rather you be here, but you do what you think's best. Mm. He's a great guy. Yeah. And he's a supervillain. And then follows it up with... But Homer, on your way out, if you want to kill somebody, it would help me a lot. As he just takes to everyone with a flamethrower. He's so happy. And the manic laughter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, there's a, a another Bond reference in the background there. The girl doing the somersaults. Okay. And she breaks the guy's neck with her legs. Correct. Yeah. Now, this isn't from like a... It's not from a canon Bond, but this is from the Peter Sellers 1967 comedy version of Casino Royale. 
that okay. they have Mrs. Goodthighs. What's it called? Casino Royale. Okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that's a little and a little character throwback that oh, they have okay, in there. Cool. They arrive home, and I never. This is the one thing that I never realized. Every time I've watched this episode, I've never noticed this. The newspaper when they arrive home. Uh, oh yeah, supervillain sees his East Coast. I've never noticed it before. Yeah, I, it, it was great to watch an episode that I've watched hundreds of times. And I found something I've never seen before. It was just, and it's just, it's so in my face. How did I never see it? It's great that he was successful. Yes, because he was so under the like all the odds are stacked against him yeah. in that final scene. You just go, well, that's going to be the end of Hank Scorpio. It's but one. Of the, it's one of those situations where you want the bad guy to win. You know he's evil, but he's just. It was so nice to Homer. Yeah, you wanted him to succeed. And of course, they get home and Otto, as you said, is squatting in there. He yells it to his girlfriend. They leave. Scorpio has sent a letter to Homer and he's bought him a football team. Couldn't afford the Cowboys. He bought him the Broncos. Yeah. Marge says, well, I think the Broncos are still pretty good. You just don't know football, Marge. It's such a great line, for the, a great line reading from Homer. Ah, oh, the Denver Broncos. Yeah. <laughs> so just disappointed. Now, this is my bit of research. Okay. That joke would not have made much sense by the time this aired. No, because the Denver Broncos won the last Super Bowl. No, no, no. When this aired, 96. Oh, okay. So this Sorry, was, I don't know if they did win the last, but they've won a recent one. They won the last one, yeah. Yeah, okay. When they wrote this episode, it would have been 95-ish, I'm assuming, 12 no. months beforehand? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So the Broncos didn't even make the playoffs in 95, right? So it made sense when you're writing this episode. You watch running and they can't catch and that sort of thing. Yeah. When By the time this aired, November 96... The Broncos had a great season, 13-3, predicted to win the Super Bowl, yeah. right? They, after this aired, they had an embarrassing loss. A team that is supposed to win the grand final and just doesn't. Basically, yeah, you know, curse right? of the Simpsons. Yes. It, so it wouldn't have made sense when this aired because the Broncos were the favourites to win the Super Bowl when this aired. The right? only thing is there's been a lot of running jokes about the Denver Broncos in the show. So even though they're doing well, it's less a comment on reality and more of just you're paying out. Okay. Like your team's shit okay. type of thing. And to top it off, though, they won the Super Bowl the following year. Ah. Yeah. Well, yeah, for the Broncos. I learned something by doing that. Okay, good. <laughs> I can tell you, the Broncos won the Super Bowl in 1997, <laughs> 97, 98, series, whatever. Who was uh, quarterback that year? Fuck, did I know? Elway? You asked. I just told you I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Is it this guy? Well, I'm going to find out if John Elway was still quarterback okay, in 1997. But I'm, because I'm, I feel like there'd be American listeners out here paying, because for them, the dollar's yeah. less. I do appreciate the fact that you did some extra research, though. Because as you said, people are paying for this and we are very thankful for them doing so. Because we would love to turn this into a job, wouldn't we? Mm. That would be the ultimate dream. So we appreciate... if you, if you oh, Sons of bitches. If they're... you have liked this review, we've put our heart and our soul into it. If you've appreciated it and if you've oh. liked it, please share it around to your friends. Tell your friends, hey, these guys are doing podcasts now. They do a great free one where they're reviewing every episode of all time in order, but they're also going to be reviewing the classic ones, jumping forward a few seasons and reviewing the best episodes such as You Only Move Twice for just $1 a month. That's Dan- all it is, $1 a month. Dando, Dando, Dando. What? The January 26, 1997 Super Bowl was won by the Green Bay Packers against the New England Patriots. It was 98 then, because 96 was when you know, it goes over into okay. February, you know, so it was 96, 97 season. Okay. So they would have 97, won. 97, 98. So season. they would have, that's what I said. I said 97, 98 okay. because it crosses over. The, it, it shits uh-huh. me how it does yep, that. Yep, I'm with you. Denver Broncos. Yeah. Uh, defeating the. Ha ha ha. Mitch tries to prove me wrong. <laughs> well, it was just the thing. I knew the Packers I, I, had a win I, in the yeah, 90s. I, I actually did do. I double checked it and double checked it again because I wanted to make sure it was right. Because I'm not going to lie, I don't know too much about NFL. That's one sport that I've always really wanted to get into, but I just can't. Wrap my head around. I know the you rules don't play video games anymore, but you needed to have played Madden. Madden, yeah. Because the Super Bowl is just something I want to watch, and 
I, I, I left work early to watch the Super Bowl this year and I'm watching it and whilst I enjoyed it and I'm glad I watched it, I didn't understand it enough to appreciate it for what it is. Yeah, you know? right. It was okay. just, I didn't quite get, why are they stopping all the time and shit, you know? Yeah, fair enough. Oh, well, you watch enough of it and it does get it. It was indeed John Elway as the quarterback. I finally dug my way through So Wikipedia. they won it in the 97 to 98 season. Correct. You knew what I was getting at anyway, don't you? Yeah, yeah So yeah. when this aired in 9, November 96, yep. they were a good team. Yeah, they so were it, does, okay it does make sense for Homer not to want them. They were a team on the up. Yes. What did we learn, Palmer? So, what did you learn in this episode, Mitch? Outside of who invented the hammock. Yes. And, well, I learned a little bit about Tom Landry. Now's probably as good a time as any to dive into a little bit of that. Tom Landry, uh, one of the most... Did you learn it from this episode, though? Or did you learn because you did some research? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm with you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, I Okay, what did I learn from this episode in particular? That the best thing... For a happy wife is plenty of housework. <laughs> <laughs> I love no comment. I love when you look at me and go, "Will I get in trouble if I laugh at that <laughs> joke?" <laughs> I learned that Otto's girlfriend's name is Crystal. Ah, uh, yeah. At the, at the very least, in that point of time, I can't imagine yeah. that Otto has long-term relationships. Well, I know he married Becky at one point. Or he was going to marry yeah, Becky. He was going to marry Becky. Trivia. I have none. I've give uh, everything. I don't have a specific trivia question for you because I've poured everything out. I've into given away two of mine. Okay. Okay. The other two, I've got four questions this week. All right. People paying the one dollar US, they got to give them the money's worth. So, one of the trees at Cypress Hill can provide enough sawdust to do what? Uh, cover all of the vomit. Cover a day's worth of vomit at Disneyland. That is correct. Now we are told five of the names of the remedial kids. There are six in the room. What are the oh, what are three of the five names? Jesus. Uh, well, there's Warren. Was it a Becky? Nope. No. Uh, she, she yells at them when they're going cuckoo, cuckoo. She says, "Yeah, all right." No, I, I didn't catch it's Warren. Those. Obviously, Melvin, Gary, Dot, and Gordy. Dot and Gordy. Okay. Dot obviously fell off the jungle gym and woke up in the remedial yeah. class. Yeah, I'm, I'm wondering. Uh, they don't seem like names that are particularly stand out to me as being a parody of anything. But no, not really. Yeah. Okay. No, fair enough. Anyway, so that's my trivia for this week. Good now, job. obviously, there is no mailbag for these shows because they're... We're way in the future. This won't be released for free until, like, 2020. We would need a Back to the Future 2-style mail delivery service. Yeah. Like, you Marty McFly? <laughs> this thing's been sitting in the, the <laughs> sitting in the post office for the last 90 years. Guy's been running a bet on whether someone would be here. <laughs> I would like to do a discussion, po- like a re- podcast review of the Back to the Future 1 and 2 movies, not number 3. I just don't like number 3 Ooh, at all. you should. Number three's still very good. I see. I've tried. No, I honestly, I've tried twice now in the last week to start watching it. I just love Mad Dog Tannen so much. Yeah, I just find it like it's. Uh, I don't know. I can't quite like it. That that quote that used to be on the Blockbuster video commercials. Which one? Whenever you'd be in Blockbuster. No, no, no. It wasn't Blockbuster. It was um. Video Easy. No, no, no. It was all video. All VHSs in the nineties in Australia would have that little thing where they would talk about the ratings classification system and had the cowboy. Yeah, so like G-rated, that'd have a Bugs Bunny cartoon. And for PG, it was that, um, nobody calls me Mad Dog, yeah. especially not some dude it up, egg-sucking, gutter trash. Yeah. And then for M, it would cut to Terminator 2 with hasta la vista, baby. You're right. Yeah, And, and, uh, and the, then yeah. I don't remember MA off the top of my head, but R was like some, I don't know if it was like Body of Evidence or something, but it was some chick on the, on chick. the like wearing a white g- gown, very suggestively saying, so what do you think, Frank? <laughs> I'm going to Google that. What is that? T- type. Go- oh, Christ. I, how would I possibly find what? <laughs> type that into Google and see what comes up. Oh, so what do you think, Frank? So what do you quote? think, Frank? Okay, I thought you wanted to find Here, that whole. Live on the podcast, somewhat live. Uh, this is what you guys are paying for. For me <laughs> to be scrambling through, going, what trashy movie 
was on the Australian uh, warning. But it would always be playing when you'd be in the video store on the TVs, mm. wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it was. Along with Steve Britton, who did the pirate video messages. Have you ever bought or rented a videotape that wasn't quite right? Yeah. It may have been a pirate <laughs> copy. A, a, a poor or inferior co- copy for which you played good money. Perfect. Uh, so what <laughs> I used to love it when you'd go movie? to the video shop and there'd be it's like they had like the week's worth of trailers, they like a ten minute video. Yeah. You'd 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 walk in and the trailer for one of the, one of the movies you really enjoyed had just finished. So you'd hang around in the store for like ten minutes just so you'd get back on the loop and watch the fucking trailer again. Uh, nothing's coming up. When I type, so what do you think, Frank? I'm is mostly Underwood? just getting, no, I'm actually getting old school. Frank the Tank ah, okay. is coming up a lot, but it clearly wasn't that. Uh, so I have no idea. If anyone out there knows what that film was from, if there was anyone that was a 15-year-old who was desperate for some smut in the sort of mid to late 90s, I'm sure that you would know whatever that movie was. Yeah. It's work. Yes. So thanks again for subscribing. Really, really do appreciate it. Tell all your friends to tell them to like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash discount. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Follow us on Twitter, at fourfingerpod, at discount on Instagram. Anything else you'd like to mention, Mitch, before we let people, our paying subscribers, go? No, just, again, thank you very, 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 very much. I hope that you haven't had to go without too much uh, to be able to do this. Uh, say, I don't know, it might be your Brazzers trial subscription of $1 for the yeah. first two days that that you don't want to let lapse because then it'll be $30 per month from that point on mm. and that shit will show up on credit card <laughs> so be careful we, we say it's only a dollar we don't mean it like that we do we, we, a dollar might be a lot to somebody you know we just oh, we no. appreciate anything from you Ab- guys so grateful it, it's unbelievable but in the scheme of things maybe you just buy one less pack of chewing gum and you deal with having stinky breath on a Friday night and look that's fine you probably weren't going to take anyone home anyway because you're paying a dollar to listen to us you don't <laughs> have a very interesting life and that's cool like we love you for it yeah. so thanks for listening guys sorry I, I wrote notes down before do not insult the paying customers and I've oh. I've fucked that up <laughs> numerous times <laughs> do I pull the pin before you put your foot please, too far in your mouth please do or no one will be around for a second month catch you later guys shh